Hello and welcome to The Bunker USA. I am your host, Alex Andreu. This is unprecedented, former Vice President Mike Pence told Wolf Blitzer and CNN. No former president has ever been indicted like this, which proves this is a politically motivated prosecution. Does it, though? The easy counter-argument might be no former president has been like Trump. My guest today has spent a considerable portion of his life looking into the white of the eyes of those in charge. His Power Corrupts podcast is essential listening. He's also an associate professor at the University College London and a regular denizen of the bunker. Welcome back to the bunker, Brian Klaas. Thanks for having me. So, Brian, it has happened, or rather I should say it has begun. Um, the first indictment uh, against Trump has landed. What is it for? Well, it's out of New York, and it's a state prosecution related to hush money payments that were allegedly sent to Stormy Daniels, a porn star that Trump allegedly had an affair with uh, a long time ago. Now, in 2016, uh, just days before the U.S. election, in which Trump narrowly defeated Hillary Clinton with about 70,000 votes in three states, there was an agreement that was secretly forged between Trump's lawyers and Stormy Daniels in which $130,000 changed hands so that she would not tell the press about what had happened. And this was funneled through a shell company that had you know, some generic name to obscure what it was really doing, and that the business records that the Trump Organization proclaimed and, and the campaign finance uh, wing proclaimed was that this was related to legal services for Stormy Daniels, which was obviously not true. And so uh, this crime has already resulted in Michael Cohen, who is Trump's former attorney, being disbarred and sent to federal prison. Uh, he was sentenced for three years. He served over a year in actual prison. And so what's happening now is that the uh, investigation has led to an indictment. A grand jury has chosen to indict Trump. And we don't know exactly what the charges are at the time of this recording, but what we do know is that it's highly likely it's related to business falsification, um, where he sort of falsified business reporting. And it's become a felony because it's related to covering up a second crime, which is a campaign finance violation. All of right. this is a bit complicated, but it's to say that this is Trump's wrongdoing around hush money payments, which would have been potentially consequential in the U.S. election in 2016. Mm. Um, so, and and you say we don't precisely know because the indictment is is sealed, right? That's correct. Will that be unsealed at some point, as it were? Will we know what the actual thirty odd charges, I think, um, are? Yes, we will. Um, it will be unsealed, and on Tuesday, it's it's not exactly clear when we will know. Uh, the full document is, is going to be released, but presumably it will be around Tuesday, because that's when Donald Trump is going to get arrested. Uh, according to reporting. So we don't know exactly how that's going to happen, whether there'll be some sort of agreement, as it were, uh, whether he'll be in handcuffs. But come early next week, um, you know, Donald Trump will, will, will be arrested. Yeah. He, I mean, I, my, I would imagine he will milk it for maximum publicity. Um, now, Republicans as a whole with very, very few exceptions from what I've seen on network news, have uh, come out in support of Trump, even his likely primary rivals. Why is that, do you think? Well, I think it's because for, for the primary rivals, they know that the base loves Trump. And Trump is extremely popular with the Republican diehard base. Now, there's also a viewpoint that Trump has stoked within the party that 
any sort of investigation, criminal investigation conducted in the United States involving Donald Trump is automatically a witch hunt and is heavily politicized. Now, yeah. you know, what's not debated, and I, I, it maddens me when this, these people go on TV or, or the radio and they're not challenged on this, is there's a very simple question to ask them, which is, do you think this is a crime? That's the only question that matters in a country yeah. that has yeah. rule of law. So they're going to boost this as saying this is all a witch hunt, it's all politically motivated. But at the end of the day, if if Trump committed a crime and there's evidence he committed a crime, he should be prosecuted and convicted. And that's what's yeah. playing out right now in the U.S. courts. I, I saw an interview with Michael Cohen, actually, the attorney who acted as fixer in this, as it were. And he was saying, if I went to jail for a year for this exact same thing, then why should justice be somehow behaving differently towards the other person that was part of this um, wrongdoing, which, you know, I mean, there are obvious uh, charges against Michael Cohen, and he's not the most reliable person, but in this, I think he's right. Um, The charges that the prosecutor is politically hostile to Trump right? But it was a grand jury that decided to indict. Why is this fact so glossed over? Well, I think it is an important fact. I think what Republicans say about this is that it's a grand jury that's randomly selected from the people of New York, which is not exactly the bastion of Trump supporters in New York City. (laughs) That's true. But at the same time, you know, I think this is something where to get a conviction, uh, you're, you're going to need evidence. And to get an indictment, you're going to need evidence. And one of the things that's been perplexing me for a long time is why it's taken so long. And one of the reasons I say that is because we have the signed checks. I mean, we have, in 2018, the story broke with signed checks from Donald Trump to Stormy Daniels. It's a clear violation of campaign finance law. It's why Michael Cohen uh, so easily went to prison for it. And Mm. so, you know, I think the only thing that the Republicans have a point on is they say, why now? The big argument Republicans make is that this is a politicized investigation. I think that's true in precisely one way. I think that the investigators who set their sights on Donald Trump were very worried about the pushback they would get, the blowback, the threats, and the potential violence for actually Mm. indicting him. So there's a series of investigations that are happening, and all of them were afraid of being the first mover. I think all of them were afraid of being the first one to indict Trump. Now that that has happened, I suspect that more indictments will will arrive, not because they're politically motivated, precisely the opposite. They put the brakes on the investigations because they were worried about the perception of political motivations. And that's why you have a crime that was committed in 2016, taking five years to investigate, which they launched, you know, while Trump was president, and finally culminating in these charges today. So I think that will help the Republicans try to make the case that this is suspicious timing. But Mm -hmm. in reality, what's happening is it took a long time to gather the investigational evidence. And also, you have this sort of fear that Trump will weaponize this as a way to stoke violence. Yeah, they were they were probably like gold plating, um, getting their ducks in a row more than any other charge they've they've ever laid. Now, the general consensus, as you say, is that there are more indictments on the way, and that it is a little bit unfortunate this rather more salacious one has landed first. I guess could there have been better coordination between the various prosecuting bodies or do they all work completely independent to their own timetables? If there had been coordination, then the Republicans would have had a point about this being a stitch up. 
because these are independent jurisdictions and they're supposed to make independent charging decisions. So, you know, I, there's this narrative that has sort of taken root around this that says, oh, why would you go after the, the comparatively minor crime first? To which I'd say a few things. One is that this is a felony, so it's not a minor crime. Secondly, it's not like you say that presidents have a free pass because one of their crimes is less bad than the other crimes, right? I mean, it's a crazy viewpoint to say, oh, Trump shouldn't have been indicted because he did worse stuff. Well, if he committed a crime, he should be indicted. <laughs> and then thirdly, yes. and I think this is quite important, is the, the checks started going out in October of 2016, right? And as I said at the beginning, Trump won the election by 70,000 votes in three states, if this had come out October 28, 2016, when one of these payments was made, a few days before the election, I think Trump would have lost. And so, you know, this is something where you can imagine that this is not some minor thing. This is this is something that gets to the core of election integrity in the United States. That an, yeah. an illegal payment to conceal information from voters was funneled through a shell company to a fake person that they called David Dennison, who was actually Donald Trump, in order to silence someone. I mean, that is a serious crime. So, you know, the fact that he did other stuff that was potentially even more egregious does not give him a free pass for this. Now, Trump himself is embracing this. He's posting on social media. He's making speeches about it. He has sent out a, a fundraising email yesterday, I understand. Um but some people who know him better are saying this will be his worst nightmare come true, that the notion that the rules apply to him, that he can't squeeze himself out of this bind, and that he is in, no longer in control of the process. What, what do you think from your knowledge of him? Well, I think there's two things that are true at the same time. The first is that this is definitely going to help him within the Republican primary which is different from the general election, right? I think this will hurt him with ordinary voters who are not Trump supporters already. I think within the Trump supporters, this will energize them. He'll raise a hell of a lot of money off of this, and he'll probably soar in the polls and end up as the Republican nominee, which is probably going to happen anyway, by the way. Now, at the same time, you know, Trump understands that he's going to go down in history as the only twice impeached president as the only president that's been indicted after leaving office, and potentially, and quite likely, I think, as the only president convicted of a crime after a trial. And those things matter to him. I, I think he glosses over this because he's a strategic politician who's trying to basically think about how to maximize the benefit to him out of this. But this is not a good news story for Donald Trump. And, and, mm. and, and I think what's really lost on people is, okay, so let's imagine that you're just an ordinary voter in the United States who doesn't follow the Twitter sphere and the ebbs of flows, doesn't watch Fox News every night. You know, this is a story about a guy caught having an affair with a porn star and then paying her to shut up. And that is not a winning strategy to persuade voters that you are the right choice to be president. It is the right strategy if you want to be uh, within the Republican base and try to make yourself as a victim of the deep state, as he will. But it's not going to win over a lot of independents or a lot of people who are skeptical about Trump to begin with. Mm. Yes, one, uh, one of the most bizarre spectacles of the last couple of days has been the number of people from the evangelical um, wing of the Republican Party coming out in support of Trump and and you you just think how <laughs> how are you uh, preaching 
Christian values and no sex before marriage and gay people uh, should go to hell to everyone else and at the same time supporting this. Below the headlines and below the people who are so cultishly devoted to Trump, there may be constituencies where this hurts him. Um, Is a criminal conviction actually a bar to being a presidential nominee, though, Brian? No. And there's nothing stopping Trump from uh, going to jail, basically, over this (laughs) and running for office. Um, So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, to my, imagine my this producer, is going to happen. My producer was telling me just before our chat that the bar is higher to become a magistrate um, in this country than it is to become president of the United States, which I think is quite uh, well observed. Um, you say this will help him with a primary. Okay. But won't this affect, at the very least, fundraising, Brian? I mean, it might encourage small delay donations, but the large donors... I would imagine we'll think twice before sinking millions into the campaign of someone who may be going away. I wish I shared your optimism about that. Um, there, <laughs> there, there, there are so many moments like this, right? I mean, this is the problem is that I, I think that people have this sort of normal politics frame that they continually try to, to sort of fit around Trump and it doesn't work. Mm. You know, yeah. in, in any normal race, Yes, an indictment for a presidential candidate kills their candidacy. I mean, people, you think about like U.S. politics history. In, in 2004, Howard Dean, the Democratic frontrunner at the time, got destroyed because he got overexcited and yelled at a rally and was viewed as too erratic to be president, right? I mean, so we've come a long way from, from, from that. And I think that now the, the sort of lines that have been crossed by Trump's presidency, his campaign in 2016, his lies in 2020, January 6th, I mean, none of that has affected his fundraising. And I think that if you're willing to go all in on Trump after January 6th, you will find completely motivated reasoning why this is no different. And in fact, that this is even better because it's pushing against what they see as a politicized judiciary. And so, you know, I think he is very likely to be the nominee in 2024. DeSantis, his main rival, is is, is uh, falling in the polls. Trump is surging. And... There's just a basic math problem about the primary, right? Trump has a floor of support that is always going to be probably around 40% of the Republican base at a minimum. If you have more than one rival, they're going to split the remaining 60% and he's going to win. So, yeah. you know, th- that's it. That's that's the Republican primary in a nutshell to me. And I think at this point, the Fox News poll that came out before the indictment yesterday showed him above 50% in the primary. And I think this is only going to increase his lead. Oi. Um, now, Trump-friendly news pundits um, that I've seen are suggesting in, in the same breath that this is politically motivated and also that it will really hurt Democrats and help Trump. How can both those things be true? Surely if this was politically motivated, it wouldn't have happened now and in this way because it helps Trump. Well, I think their logic is that the political motivations are showing themselves because this is only happening now that the presidential campaign is is sort of firing into full gear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it will help Trump. I think they're wrong about that. I think it will help him in the Republican primary. I think that this will make it less likely that he becomes president. Now, that being said, Trump could win, right? Like one of the things that scares the hell out of me is that he could win a second term. Yeah. Um, and it's not impossible to imagine that. 
It's also not impossible to imagine, by the way, that this, this trial is probably not going to start for several months. So you may have a situation where voters are showing up, you know, in the early caucuses and primaries in early 2024, and Trump is going from campaign stop to, to trial. Um, mm. And they're casting ballots for someone who may be, you know, even, even in jail. So this is, it's a pretty wild uh, culmination to what has been an extraordinarily wild seven or eight years in American politics. It really is. Are, are we expecting large-scale protests, do you think, and possibly violence? His, his first call for people to take to the streets generated, I thought, a pretty underwhelming response. Yeah, I'm very worried about this, to be honest. Um, you're right that the initial posts he put on Truth Social um, didn't manifest into much of anything. But he wasn't indicted. You know, I mean, last week, right, when he did this, it was sort of saying he, he put out on Truth Social this idea that he was going to be indicted last week and then called for protests. And when he wasn't indicted, there wasn't mass protests. Now, what what's going to happen now? I don't know. What I'm less worried about is the threat of mass protests. What I'm more worried about is extremist militias and heavily armed, uh, you know, supporters of Trump taking his cues to actually kill somebody. And, you know, Alvin Bragg is is in danger, honestly. I mean, he's the, the district attorney who's behind this indictment. And it's it's a terrible, you know, sort of reflection of the state of American politics that he's going to need some serious protection, I think, going forward. And this is a situation where if you actually look at Trump's truth social posts, which is it's not advised, but if you were to look at them, as I have, um, you see a deranged mind that's much worse than in 2017. I mean, this yeah. is, it's a different level of crazy. And one of the things he posted recently, last week, in fact, one was he posted a picture in which he is holding a baseball bat next to a photo of Alvin Bragg's head. And, you know, the implication doesn't take a, a, a genius yeah. to figure out what he's saying. He also had this post where he listed this series of grievances. And the final line said something to the effect of, and they expect us to be peaceful. Right. I mean, this is not reading between the lines. This is open incitement to violence. And there's a lot of really heavily armed, deranged and delusional people who view this as protecting the Constitution to fight for Trump. And mm. I'm really worried that it's going to lead to somebody getting killed. I mean, I, it, it's 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 an extraordinarily dangerous time in American politics, in my view. Mm. Okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, next steps. So Tuesday, um, we, we're saying he will be arrested, processed, photographed, uh, presumably, but probably bailed. Uh, will we know ahead of time how that is happening, whether he presents himself at a, a police station or whether he's actually um, arrested and put in handcuffs and all that? Or will we just know on Tuesday? I think there's going to be a lot of sources leaking what the plan is. So <laughs> right, I suspect right. we will find out about it. I think, you know, the biggest next steps are going to be how soon the trial happens and also um, whether any of the other investigations uh, decide to issue charges. Finally, just looking a little bit further to the future, what other indictments do we think might be coming down the line? So the, the two to look for in particular are uh, the Georgia indictment. And this is an investigation related to, we have an audio phone call of this. We have audio audio recording of this phone call where Trump picked up the phone when it was clear he was going to lose by about 11,000 votes 
and instructed the Georgia Secretary of State, the top election official in the state, to find him 11,000 additional votes. Mm. And this sort of conspiracy around subverting the election is potentially a very serious crime. Um, we don't know when that will be announced, if it is, mm. but the DA in that county said that the decision was imminent uh, about a month ago. Now, the other one is the federal investigation into the theft of top secret documents from the White House. Now, this has gotten muddled a lot because there have been other documents found by a variety of different politicians, Democrats and Republicans. The key in this one is that Trump lied about having these documents and then actively tried to conceal them when the government tried to get them back. And that mm. is a crime. And it's a serious crime because it's not carelessness or a mistake or you lost a document. It's actively trying to um, steal top secret classified information from the U.S. government and then um, obstruct justice when the when the prosecutors and so on are trying to get it back. So both of those are, are serious risks to Trump. They would carry more jail time, I suspect, than the Stormy Daniels case. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. It's, a, it's, it's been a long wait, and, and it's only now, seven years after Stormy Daniels was paid off, that we're seeing a real indictment. So it may be a longer wait to, uh, ahead still. Uh, Brian Klaus, I, I, I have no doubt we will be speaking again about this very soon. Thank you so much for the update on this absolute garbage fire, as you would say. Thanks for having me. Remember, there's a new bunker pretty much every day. So if you like our work, you can and should support our work on the funding platform Patreon for as little as £3 a month. Just search for Bunker Podcast Patreon. One of the recurring and disheartening features of the last few years has been the realisation that in vain we await some big moment of reckoning for the demagogues who misled voters the world over in so many ways. But this may be an exception, as one of the falsely accused Central Park Five, for whom Trump advocated the death penalty, let me remind you, put it in a one-word press statement yesterday, karma. This is Alexandreou in the bunker saying over and out. The Bunker was presented by Alexandreou. Lead producer is Jacob Jarvis, group editor Andrew Harrison. Audio production by me, Robin Lieber. The theme tune is by Jade Bailey. The Bunker is a Podmasters production.